Hello, and welcome to another rousing episode of Hollywood Deep Dive, your monthly movie podcast where we put our choices in the fate of a bingo ball roller and we look at actors' career from their early uh, their early presence on the silver screen to the present. My name is Nicole Cabrera. I am one of your many, many lovely hosts. And around me are our panelists. Uh, so, would you like to say hello? Hi, I'm Jason. Nice to be here. Hey, Adriana. Hi, I'm Jordan. Sam! <laughs> and that is our lovely cast of characters. So, we are going to jump right into it. So, before we get started, a simple reminder if you're new to our podcast, uh, we are here to discuss the entertainment and artistic merits of our actors. Um, so, Please don't send us any hate. We're just here to talk about movies and our love of movies. Um, so, like I said, we're a monthly movie podcast. We pick a different actor every month and look at their career. Um, so let's get started and jump right into it. Uh, Jason, why don't you get us started? Yeah, so um, I was uh, lucky enough to have uh, Jackie Chan as the, my pick for this week, which was very interesting. Um, he's a pretty renowned actor. Honestly, it's it's hard to call him an actor because he's such a more of a performer, I think, is a more accurate term of what he does in his movies. He sort of combines action and uh, and uh, his comedy as well, I think, is what makes it so well-known. And, um, and yeah, I think that his when he was early on in his career, he started off as a stuntman for Bruce Lee, which some people know, some people don't, but he, that's obviously when you start out as that, you're going to probably get into those kind of movies which he did early on and the first couple movies i guess i'll i, I could talk about them together but um he he did uh, the two movies that i talk about um here are police story and uh legend of the drunken master which was called drunken master just two in hong kong but they, just, they, they decided that american audiences probably hadn't seen the first one so they'll That's just say funny. the legend of the drunken master uh, is it so like a prequel no, it's a sequel, so it's the second one. Because okay. there was just The Drunken Master and then The Legend of the Drunken Master. So, um, <laughs> and uh, the whole idea behind that uh, that movie is uh, the drunker the guy gets, the better at martial arts he is. So, so it's kind of perfect for a Jackie Chan kind of vehicle. <laughs> yeah. because, so literally, like, there's, awesome. there's literally full sequences, and you guys can find these on YouTube, because there's there's so many clips of them on YouTube. Like, uh, just literally Jackie Chan stunts, Jackie Chan just yeah. doing his stunts, Jackie Chan behind the scenes, Jackie Chan nearly dies. Like, it's just, it's yeah. all, it's all over the internet, all over the internet. Uh, yeah, and like every one of his movies. I'll get into that in a second with Police Story, but um, in Legend of the Drunken Master, there's this whole sequences where he's he's ballot, he's like d- dropping and picking up without it touching the ground, like a bottle of like you know vodka, and like everybody <laughs> keeps fighting better against this guy, and it just and it, and it's, and it's just, it's, it just continuously escalates in the scene of how ridiculous he is, and it's just hard to believe that he actually does this for real. It's sort of a big that that vehicle I really liked him because it really shows off sort of what his true niche talent is and how it got brought over from Hong Kong, how it got popularized yeah. in Hollywood and everything like that. The fact that he could do these crazy stunts because everybody, you know, in Hollywood, we have the Mission Impossibles, we have the Bonds, we have the we have the big movies that do the big stunts, but rarely is there big, impressive stunts done with while you're laughing through them. Was this so, in the 80s? I think the Legend of the Drunken Master was in the 90s. Tokyo Story was, uh, I think, the Police Story, Police Story was a little bit earlier than that. I was curious because so. there's a character like that in an anime Yu show and it sounds exactly like him. He, the more drunk he gets, it the powder he face. Well, maybe they yeah, like, were like, the, homage think, to Jackie exactly. Chan. <laughs> I think the first one, I think the first one was in the 80s. Correct me if I'm wrong. So, yeah. I could be right, but but, I, but then the legend one I think came later in the '90s, uh, in '94 and stuff. And uh, okay, and, uh, around the exact same time. Yeah, as so, New York so, so <laughs> it could have it could have been 
direct inspiration. That's what I mean. Yeah. And he's obviously incredibly influential. I think there's obviously a lot of other people. Obviously, Bruce Lee, before he died, was a pretty big pioneer of a lot of the techniques that you see today and stuff like that. But also, um, what was another one? Uh, Tony Jaa was a good one who does The Protector and things like that. Obviously, very Jackie Chan-esque. A little more serious with his movies, though. But there's lots of, obviously, inspiration in his works. And obviously, um, it's just amazing seeing what he can do. And then the other movie that I want to talk about was uh, Police Story where he, like, nearly died doing it because um, this, it, this, you'll, this is a theme in a lot of his movies. You can look up his movies. And, How many times has he nearly died? <laughs> well, I, I think he's broken, actually, I think, every bone in his body. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's an actual stat because, like, he, there's, there's literally, I think, a full article or video or something that goes through, like, um, it just points at, his, like, his, basically his skeleton and, like, which movie it happened on. It's, it's like, it's ridiculous. So, uh, in Police Story, the, there's the, the biggest stunt in the movie is where he's chasing after the bad guy in the mall. I think he's just, you know, it's typical police on the trail of cops, and it's, it's, it's very typical. There's nothing yeah. really special about the story, but um, there's a scene where they're in the mall, and uh, the, 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 you know, the bad guy's getting away. He's on the lower level. He's on, like, the fourth level. So, naturally, Jackie Chan's as well. I'm going to have to slide down this giant beam filled with electric lights, which are now real lights because they didn't have enough power to power the lights, so they had to use the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm going to crash through a glass hut and land w- without an actual um, <clears throat> crash mat. Sure. So oh because, because the camera does a continuous shot of following him down <laughs> through the pole, through the glass thing, hits the ground. So he does it, and uh, he gets up and he like woo, like you know, like it was nothing. Uh, he, he he had second degree burns on his hand. Uh, he hurt his back pretty badly. Oh, um, and he also dislocated his pelvis. So, uh, all in just that one stunt. Now, now because the adrenaline in him was going so hard, he was up, like, you know, after the take, there's footage of him on the set, like, you know, woo, yeah, we did it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said the next day, he, he said, when I had to go and shoot at night uh, behind the scenes, like, you know, I got out of the cab, and I just went to open the door, and, like, my hand just, like, he couldn't, like, even, like, open the door oh, no. when he got out of the cab. Oh, he, was, he was talking about this, and, like, his hand was shaking because, one, the burns, and two, his adrenaline has now left his system, so his body is completely shutting down. Yeah. So, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. And, uh, so, yeah. These movies, the movies obviously have gained popularity because of the stunt work, because yeah. of how absurd and over the top it is, but also the fact that he does it for real, he doesn't use strings or anything like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of nuts. I don't know how it keeps going, though. Yeah. Like, he's still he's doing it. He's 65. I can't believe That's it. Why. And he's still a daredevil. Like, at one point, you'd be like, okay, maybe I am gonna die. Well, at well, well, this point, like, he's old enough, he's like, hey, I've reached it, yeah. maybe I'm okay with this. Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the whole joke is that it's like, you know, if you die before 60, people are like, oh, so soon, and then after 60, everyone's like, I mean, if he dies doing a stunt, probably, which may happen, may not, maybe he'll retire happily. Uh, I think everyone will be like, you know what? Lived a good life, and he went out doing what he loved, you know? So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he was, like, 30 and that happened, we'd be like, oh, no! But yeah, like, exactly. Okay. No, if it was 30, it's, it would be like a Heath Ledger thing where it's like, oh, oh God, no. it's, gone, it's gone too soon. Sorry to bring it up. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, emotional trauma here. It's been 12 years. Okay, okay, uh, say that. okay. Um, it still hurts. But yeah, no, for, and, but he's just he's just an absolute master at committing to, and also with comedy as well. I mean, obviously, there's some in The Drunken Master, it's all comedy fight scenes, but they're just so breathtaking in how they're choreographed. Like, you can't believe it. You're just, you're amazed and laughing at the same time, which I think is very rare. I think it's very rare to have some of that jaw dropping yeah. and then you're also laughing through it he's actually time. so cute like he's so cute and funny yeah, like just as an actor yeah which brings me to Rush Hour 
<laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely one of his most famous movies, and this is obviously where he broke into Hollywood big mm-hmm. time, because uh, he had done Legend of the Drunken Master only a few years before, so he, he was really, those are some of Hong Kong's most successful films to this date still, if you account for inflation, like in terms hmm. of ticket sales, they're still the hmm. most, like, people went to the theaters to see them. Um, and then obviously when he did Rush Hour, if you pair the loud mouth obnoxious American with the, uh, you know, completely gullible, bewildered martial arts master Jackie Chan. It ended up working out pretty well. So Chris Tucker, you either take it or leave it, uh, mm-hmm. with him. But for me, for me, I find it funny. Like he's, 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 he's funny, but some people find his voice grating. Some people don't like Chris Tucker, which is fine. But the movies themselves, I think are just, it's, it's a very good buddy cop story because it lets the characters just mess around and have fun versus it being very plot heavy, very focused, very special effects focused. And then all the stunts that he does are actually like nuts, yeah. you know? So like, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like there's that, <laughs> and then obviously it's famous for the bloopers when he fails those stunts. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's really funny. Like watching him try, it, there's a scene where he's trying to climb over the surveillance wall uh, in rush hour and then the blooper is that he like, you know, does two wall kicks and then it falls <laughs> and, uh, but then he doesn't get, like, you know, then the successful take, it's like it's nothing but obviously he goes through a bunch of takes to do it. I'm falling on his ass a couple of times. Yeah, on his ass a couple of times and then I remember the scene where he has to, you know those tellers that have the cage and then there's like only like a hand slip where you can yeah, like, you know, yeah. exchange money at the casino. Oh, I remember so that. He, so he, he has to, he, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he had to like try, the whole he scene is that to escape the bad guys, he jumps through it and slides through it like it's nothing. And he got and stuck. Goes, yeah, and he, and, he, and he tries it a bunch of times and it fails so miserably. But, and uh, and then he, he hits the, he hits the screen and he falls back down his back and I was like, oh, <laughs> Jackie, are you okay? He gets up, Jackie, always okay. Okay. You know, and, then he, and then he goes and does the take again. That, that's that's in the bloopers on Rush Hour that you can look up online. That's great. Honestly, it's, so yeah. great. it's not the one with like the filka fish or something. That spoiler one. Yes. <laughs> you know what it is? It's filka fish. No, those are the like that, those two. Yeah, there was, there was also a sequence. I think I don't know if it was the first one or the second one uh, where uh, uh, Chris Tucker gets a call while they're filming, and, then, oh. and so he gets the phone. He answers the phone. Oh, and it's and the then, second one. The, the second one. They, 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 they let the camera roll. And he's like, I'm filming, man. Yeah, look at Jackie Chan dead in the eye. No, you can't talk to him. No, you can't talk to him. He wants to talk to you. He gives the phone to Jackie. He's like, hello. Oh, yeah. You waste our film. Oh, you're sorry. Okay. You know, and they hang up. It's just very, very clearly they focus on the chemistry and comedy a lot in that movie because it's that's the strength of the movie. And and, and then you add the complimentary action. That's how it became sort of, I guess, the very buddy cop classic. I think, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a VHS of that movie. I mean, everybody seemed like back in the day yeah, had a VHS of yeah. Rush Hour or Rush Hour 2. I mean, I don't have a, I never owned it, but I've seen the movies multiple times. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're fun. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're fun yeah, movies. Yeah, they're fun. Like the, I I know a lot like you know you like you said a lot of people are trying to touch and grow with Chris Chris Tucker yeah but I actually I think it's probably like he's enjoyable yeah and he it, good yeah friend. I was like he's so obnoxious I'm like because he's supposed to be the obnoxious ignorant guy yeah. who's just like, who's just you know one so. of the few movies I can stand Chris Tucker with I think it's because of that dichotomy of yeah yeah. Oh Wait, my god. Would you, would you say that he's the original less annoying Kevin Hart? Yes. Don't I would, I would even compare that. the two, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think Kevin Hart is similar comedy. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Hart has some funny moments in like interviews and stuff. I just, I, I saw, he's not good at scripted. His whole shtick is that he's short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that he's in a movie with The Rock. Yeah. That's all, like, <laughs> that's all, that's, that's all, that's all he does. Well, that's yeah. what the funny comedy is now. Yeah. <laughs> Being in a movie with The Rock? Yeah, pretty much being in a movie with a rock, anybody can find success. In movie. <laughs> but um, the other so. thing, but the other, the other that I don't think is as successful or well known is the Shanghai New and the Shanghai. Nights oh my god, movies. I love those ones. So, I love Shanghai so, Nights. So the Shanghai, the Shanghai Nights actually wasn't a fan of because I like the first one better because that has the Western feel. Mm-hmm. This is more of the London feel because it's mostly set in London. 
there's some big plot holes in that movie, like big gaping. I'm like, how did they get there? And they just don't really explain it. Yeah. But um, but it, again, it's fun. I just don't like Owen Wilson that much. I don't think he has the charisma. No, like I get what you're wow. meaning. <laughs> just in those two movies, like I like him in other movies, like Midnight in Paris and stuff like that. Like where he, where he plays sort of the you know the the sort of oh I'm, I'm just an innocent little baby. That's fine. But like in, in Shanghai Noon, I'm like he's so I don't know. He's, he doesn't do it for me. Honestly, to be honest, I remember the movie not for him. It, was he in the bathtub at one point? Because that's all I'm yeah, like they, they, right they, now. Yeah, seen the bathtub where he uh, and then Jackie Chan blows the bubble and that's the whole scene. Okay. Okay, that's the only part I'm remembering him in it. I remember Jackie Chan in the ridiculous Western outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah. about it. I don't know. I, I like throwing Jackie Chan, obviously, in a completely environment where he wouldn't be. And then almost, I don't know, like, like you know. So Wilson. It's, 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 it's just, I think it's probably because Rush Hour came before. It just doesn't, in my opinion, have the strength yeah. and the chemistry that those two movies did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically the same thing again. Buddy Cop. Cool stunts, blah, blah. I didn't even think the stunts were... The stunts are kind of impressive, but not as... I don't know. Maybe it's Again, it's probably just a chemistry thing. And then the last one I'll talk about, which is... What, what was more recently well-known once was The Foreigner, where he was... Um, he was you never got to very, see that one. Very different movies from Martin Campbell, who directed GoldenEye, Casino Royale. Oh. Um, and it's, it's a very... It's very edgy. It starts off... It opens very darkly, because the movie... Uh, and this is not a spoiler, because it's in the plot line. Um, and it's it, in the trailers. And it's in the trailers. It begins with the death of his daughter... Um, through a potential IRA uh, bombing and stuff like that. Pierce Brosnan plays an Irishman, which is interesting. Um, and uh, I said the same face. Where is this? Like, when is it supposed to be? Uh, it's, it's modern day. Yeah, it's modern day. That's yeah. weird because, like, the IRA hasn't really been active except for, like, once. Well, 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 well yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting is the movie actually gets into the still bubbling hatred within the IRA, even though I don't know, I can't remember if they exactly claim responsibility for it or whatever. But, he, <laughs> but, he, but he's looking for vengeance on whoever either couldn't stop it and knew it was coming or was the one who did it. And so Lily's Jackie Chan, a very dark role, actually doing some acting in some parts, and I'm like, this is cool. Um, kicking ass. This is when he was 60-something. I think 62. Cool. So, like, he's still... And he's jumping downstairs, just elbowing guys in the face. Like, it's absolutely nuts. And uh, Lily just going onto a farm and just, you know, stealth... You know the thing where it's like, oh, he's coming. It's like the John Wick thing where yes. everybody gets stealthily <laughs> taken out one by one and then there's only the big bad guy left. So, so I have so a like question that. for you about this. Sure. I didn't see this movie, but something that occurred to me, and I know this wasn't the director's intention at okay. all. But when it came out mm-hmm. and, like... You know, and I understand the plot is driven by the fact of the death of his daughter. He wants it's revenge. Yeah, it's revenge. Yeah. But do you think in the current climate that we have politically, do you think maybe it was not a good choice to put, you know, a person of color as your quote-unquote villain or your quote-unquote terrorist-looking character? Well, I, I, in my opinion, I think that it, 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 uh, it wouldn't matter who was in the main role as long as they had that magnetism to carry it through. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. when Liam Neeson's daughter gets taken and taken, he becomes the super aggressor right. to go back and do whatever he wants. You're rooting for, even though he's doing very bad things, you want him to get his vengeance because he was clearly a good man before. Right, yeah, that's when the villain is morally... Uh, is, um... Pierce Brosnan. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The villain, the, the villain is Pierce Brosnan, like, Jackie Chan is but the it's target. not like he's the bad guy sitting up in the building and he tries to get to him. He's literally like trying to figure out what happened, trying to make sure that this guy can't get to him, trying to cover his tracks. Like it's actually very interesting the, the infighting that they have with the old IRA members from you know the days of old where they were doing the bombings and yeah. how they're trying to progress today. So well, um, that's actually kind of cool. So yeah, so that's an interesting. I believe it's on Netflix still. It might still it was. Be. Yeah, yeah, it was on Netflix when we watched it a couple years ago, but it, it may still be. So have a look out cool. for. Yeah. That. That's one. Okay. That's a good. That's 
Jackie Chan showing a little bit of range, which was nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's been his career. His career is defined by his commitment to his physicality and comedy and his roles. Um, and that's that's just who he is. I mean, like, he, he won the honorary Oscar a few years ago because they just gave it to him. They, like, just give him an Oscar of some kind because of his how he was a contributor and stuff. So Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got to give him something because he's not going to win an acting Oscar, obviously. Oh, but, God, like, yeah. but, like, you know, his contributions to cinema have been quite something over the past few decades. Honestly, so. maybe this is why we should have those stunt awards being actually broadcast yeah. on the Oscars. Well, they gave them uh, the MTV Awards, which is really interesting. They always give it at the MTV Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, let's go with the program. Yeah. But, but here, here's my fear. If they do that, yeah. then every movie is going to be like, what's the most dangerous, crazy thing we can oh, do? Oh, shit. Never mind. Right? <laughs> because if we do that, then everybody's trying to do a Mission Impossible. Or yeah. But they should still get more recognition. They should still get more recognition because there, there's a lot of good small stunts in movies that people don't realize are stunts. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> real, that's really good. So we should recognize it. But I just fear if we say best stunts, it's yeah, always going like, to go to the death toll. The death, yeah. the, 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 the death defying things. And even like mm-hmm. silly ones like with Tag, like the one just going on chairs where Jeremy Renner broke both his arms. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and they had CGI in his arms. Yeah, oh CGI God. out the, uh, the mustache yeah. <laughs> yeah. with the big baby face. Oh <laughs> anyway, so that's Jackie Chan, and we'll. Uh... Okay, so I got Jessica Lange for my actress, and was really happy because I actually love her. She reminds me of like the old time, like Grace Kelly, very seductive and alluring, but very powerful as well. So, first movie I did on her was King Kong from 1976, and this is uh, her first movie, actually. So, she plays um, the damsel, beautiful blonde, that wins Kong's heart, (laughs) as you do on Skull Island. Um, But uh, it was actually a really good remake. I enjoyed it, and uh, Jeff Bridges was in it. Oh, so, yeah. also yeah. I mean, Jeff Bridges. Is he, uh, is he, the, Bridges, movie, is he yeah. the movie maker guy or the director? Yeah, is he the director? Yeah, yeah. I guess he. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So he's like with Jessica Lange, and then yeah. I guess he has like the love triangle with Kong. <laughs> that is awesome. Wonder who wins. <laughs> She's literally Wonder in the clutches of his big Kong. <laughs> that are hundred percent real. Yeah, we found out. So yeah. they made. That was, like, the coolest part of this movie, actually. So I know with the practical effects, they used hydraulic arms, uh, aluminum, thousand pounds. It was biggest 40-foot I think it's still the biggest machine ever practically made in a movie, I think, to this day. Yeah. So So that part was actually really impressive. And I was looking at it, too. I was like, how... Like, there was, like, a scene with the waterfall, and then you see, like, He's giving her a shower. It's kind of a weird... Um, Hashtag love is love. Yeah, it was just like very voyeur, but Kong's like, oh, she needs a shower. So he's like, she's like naked almost under the waterfall. And I don't know how she'd be like, you not like, dying under this waterfall. Drowning. Why is that a thing? But they make it like, all sexy. Like, sexy, yeah. I am having like. Good old I mean, I'm sure the furry community is happy. I mean, yeah, it's, that's all. This yeah. is where it stems from. Yeah. They're just like, damn, that's hot. <laughs> so. I go away now. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, the amidst all that, I was like, how are they doing that? Because it looks like she's in the gorilla, like, hands, like right? Yeah. yeah. So, and it all looks real. So, and it was. So, that, that was actually pretty cool. 
Um, I've never seen that one, actually. I haven't seen any. I've seen, I've seen, seen the original, and I've seen the, the yeah. Peter Jackson I, I've one. I've just seen yeah. the Peter Jackson one. I haven't seen the original. So, and I actually quite like the Peter Jackson one. That movie gets a lot of hate, and I don't know why. I Which, don't know why. why? That was the great. Peter Jackson Peter movie. Jackson with Naomi Watts, his favorite, Adrian Brody, and Jack Black. They go to the island. The T-Rex <gasps> oh, fight. I, uh, is the Tom Hiddleston in a very tight one? No, no. That's okay, Skull that's, Island. That's Skull Island. I like that I mean, one. I like that one, too. That movie has... Various reasons. Skull Island has no useful characters. No. No useful characters except for John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I there for the hotness. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I've actually seen all of them. And uh, yeah, King Kong definitely has like this trend of finding beautiful first time like women. Okay, so like yeah, Fayre was the first one. Yeah. Um, you know that catapulted her career. This catapulted Jessica Lange's career. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You can see like why she was gonna be captivated. She looks like a model and you're like Yeah, you know. You know she's gonna go far. Yeah. And she does because she's actually the only well not only, but very few actors to get the uh, triple crown of acting. So that means when they get an Academy Award, Emmy, Screen Actors Guild, and a Golden Globe. Wow. Oh so wow. she's got like all of those. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. The grand slam of Oscars because there's four. Not the triple three. crown. Sorry, I guess the triple crown is the... <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> um, is the... Like, the Oscar, the Emmy, and the Tony. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. And I just wanted to slip in there. That no, I mean, that's that. fair. Other yeah. credentials. <laughs> She's very awesome. talented. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess that brings us to Tootsie in 1982. Probably her best um, known role, and this mm-hmm. is the one that she actually won her Best Supporting Actress for. So Tootsie, if you haven't seen it, before Mrs. Delphire, there's Tootsie, and it's just an so amazing good. movie about strength and uh, the industry, like for film and television, and just like being a woman and being an actor and what you can do and possibilities and... Yeah, so that's just a great overall movie. I haven't seen that one in a while. Can you refresh my memory? Yeah, so it's um, starring Dustin Hoffman, uh-huh. and he's just like a struggling actor, <laughs> and he just can't find like a role. Oh, Dustin Hoffman. So he's auditioning for this role, and they're like, "No, like we're looking for a woman," and he's like, "Well, don't I? You know, I can also be a woman." Yeah. So he goes in, he lands his role dressed up as a woman to play the lead in a soap opera. Yeah. And lo and behold, like, just becomes a sensation. Everybody's in love with this, like, Tootsie's character. And then he befriends Jessica Lange's character, who plays the nurse um, on the soap. So it's just a, you know, comedy of errors, but it's, like, really heartwarming and endearing. And Jessica Lange is very (sighs) delicate in this role. So she's very opposite Mm -hmm. to Dustin Hoffman, who plays, like, the fiery woman that you know you always want to be like stand up to superiors and she doesn't take any shit from anybody but jessica lang is like no i've been like i've been a woman in this business and you know she goes through the sexual harassment she goes through like taking the not so great roles and she's just trying to provide for her child and she's kind of lonely you can see that she's been hurt in her past and she plays a very like soft like woman but like you know there's something about her so you can see why Dustin Hoffman of course is gonna fall for her um in this role and then so that plays like a whole other dynamic because it <laughs> shows Jessica Lange kind of looks up the Tootsie for like a role model she's like a mother figure then they become friends and then 
they have like a love, such a loving relationship that they kind of start to like each other, but unknown to Jessica Lange's character, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a man, so she thinks she's falling in love with a woman. So that's like a whole other dynamic too. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's very ballsy for the time. Yeah, it was, like, way ahead it was of what eighty two when it came. Nineteen eighty two. Yeah, yeah. See, that's really interesting. and way ahead of like Mrs. Doubtfire yes. because in the, and that period in the eighties, people were still losing their jobs after playing gay characters. Exactly. exactly. So they have like a gay relationship. Mm-hmm. They have you know the man well, trying man to be a drag. woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's very actually very convincing. He's like, very he's, convincing. He's so cute and like yeah. so fiery that yeah, you just. Now you do inspire, yeah. I, I still love yeah, the scene where he's with a. Uh, oh, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, I was saying I'm a little curious too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, there, there's a scene in the opening where Dustin Hoffman, he's a struggling actor trying to get work, and he goes into Sidney Pollock, who directs the movie and is also yeah. his uh, agent. And uh, he says, he says, I can't get you to get any commercials. Uh, he's like, I got you on a vegetable commercial where you played a tomato, and you got and you got fired. What happened? He's like, Well, they told me to sit down. Well, why didn't you just sit down? He's like, Well, t- he's like, Well, tomatoes don't sit down. He's like, You're a tomato. You don't have logic. You don't have any of that. Just do what the thing says. And then, and then they get into a whole debate as to, and it's, it's really funny as to why he's not successful. And then he decides, Well, I'm going to make my own success, and that's how the the print when it starts it's so, I, I, I love that scene so much it's just so funny to me so yeah so it's just an overall great movie still a classic um, I still think it's pretty relevant for today oh yeah so definitely recommend that one mm. um, then we're gonna head into 1995 with Rob Roy so this one is um, more of a drama so yeah I don't even know before this is before Braveheart I think I think it's around the same around time. the same time yeah, yeah. so Again, another like period of drama uh, set in Scotland, but Jessica Lange plays the wife of Liam Neeson, who is a Scots- Rob Roy. Who's a Scotsman. Mm. Oh, <laughs> shaking it up. He's yeah. an Irishman to play a Scotsman. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Lots of haggis. Shots fired. But yeah. At Gerald Butler, where right. are you? <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't. Whoa! I'm talking right we'll, now. we'll just bleep that part out. Yeah, sorry guys. We didn't mean to have the offensive tone there. Yeah. This is Sparta. What else did you do? Anyways, continuing on. So, I liked her in Rob Roy because she's very different um, to her character in Tootsie. Um, here, she's, you know, she's got to kind of live up beside Rob Roy, who's this, you know, fighting for his country and the land and it's all the turmoil against the British at this time. So she's there for her husband. Uh, she's there for to fight for her country. She's very passionate and strong. And there's a scene um, where, of course, the British come in, they take over her house. Uh, no one's there. She's by herself. And, you know, they rape her. And yeah. it's a very, like, heavy scene. And But she just so strong she just she looks at him and the, the person that's assaulting her and she just she's like she's like you know mark my words like until you, you swing until my husband makes you swing um that's the day I forget about you and there was just Damn. like and she's just and <laughs> he just like walks out and then he just you know like he's gonna die yeah but it's just very powerful she she knows what's gonna happen and that sounds intense. Yeah, so kind of a complete opposite to her role in Tootsie. And actually, she didn't want to do Tootsie because she didn't want to be perceived as, like, the dumb blonde. Mm, and yeah. she had done a, a movie previously. Yeah, that, King um, Kong. Yeah. <laughs> she was the dumb and blonde. And she did, was, I think it was called Frances. And she, apparently she got so into that role that she didn't want to play, like, another, like, delicate person. So Sidney Pollock had a really 
push her into playing Tootsie, and then, you know, she was a supporting actor. Yeah, because it was a complex character, right? <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah so. so, you know, she I can see, though, she kind of picks more stronger female roles after. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely one of them. Cool. Then we go, um, I found this movie called Hush from 1998. Um, it's not a greatest reviewed one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got, like 5.5 stars on IMDb. Ooh. But... Ouchie. Um, she's just, like, so amazing. So, this is, like, a little thriller. Um, I don't know who the main guy is. I think I've heard of this. And, uh, yeah, so, it starts out, it's like, oh, okay, it's gonna be, like, it looks like a a semi-thriller, but more of, like, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. She marries this boy, you know, this, like, little rich boy. Then they go back to this cottage country. (laughs) And then, maybe you'll like this movie, because Jessica Land... Like, makes her life a living hell. She's like manipulative. <laughs> She's like the mother in law of Okay, so it's not like seven levels of bad of having to do one of No, so Jessica Lang is like the the menace in this one. She's the villain. Uh-huh. Um, again, a totally different side to her. She's just out to break up the marriage and she. Is she, like, legit scary? Yeah, she's scary. Oh. She's, like, conniving. She tries to, like, poison point oh, of culture. Wow. She, like, tries to kill her, like, with, any, with every possibility and then trying to <laughs> still be like sweet and endearing and like the southern mother to like her oh, son and be like that's all funny. smiles on the outside and they're like literally yeah. slipping poison on the other <laughs> so yeah. she's like really yeah that's that's intense it's a vile character but she's just it just again shows like whole other side to her what year um, is this one from? That was 1998. All right. Yeah. I think I heard about it. So it's like one of those like movies you see on TV, and I think that's yeah. the first time I had seen it. Oh, cool. I feel like that's like an AMC like three in the morning. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> AMC three. Yeah. 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 Looking at the actors in it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I don't the, remember who the guy. Gu- the guy Jonathan. I'm going to butcher his name. Skashin, he ends up playing, like, Jonah Hex recently in, like, uh, oh. Legends of Tomorrow oh, yeah, and CW movie. stuff. No, 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 the movie, the TV series. <laughs> oh, okay, because I was going to say Jonah Hex, that's oh, 70. Oh, the yeah. DC one, right? No. Pardon? The DC oh, one? Uh, yeah, on the CW. Mm-hmm. So, Legends of Tomorrow and stuff. He's actually not a bad actor. Yeah, basically, it's basically mm-hmm. the teen superhero channel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was just a little interesting one, and, uh, I just liked her being the villain because I was like, oh my god, she's so cool, but you know, you hate her. <laughs> but Which cool. uh, brings you into her, like, one of her latest ones on TV, uh, American Horror Story. Of course. Have to talk about this one because she's just phenomenal. So she's known for now. Oh, yeah. nope. first time I saw this, <coughs> I was at home because my brother and I love uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. So we started watching American Horror Story and I was just like, oh my god, like, there's Jessica Lange. Like, she's back. I hadn't seen her for a while. She sings. She's still, like, the seductress, even though she's, like, 70. And I'm like, how do you look so good? And <laughs> she's like, you know, she, she looks great for her age. Yeah. But she still has that presence. Yeah, so she plays, like, the neighbor um, to this, like, haunted house that this family just moved into. And uh, she's she's pretty brutal. She has a disabled child that she's trying to hide. And she's still trying to keep her youth. And you don't really know what her story is, but... Hmm. She's a villain and almost she, like the cartoon villain, you know, from like the old Disney Is she Disney um, movie. in multiple seasons? So yeah, she's in all the seasons. Okay. Even though it's an anthology uh, series, they keep the same actors and they like just place them in different right. situations. So the first one's like the haunted house and there's like the coven freak house. I think I saw her in, was it Hotel? 
the hotel. The hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then Kathy Bates comes in. Yeah, um, and Kathy Bates in it too. She's in the season one, two, three, four, and eight. She disappeared for several. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's in the last one. They gave her a baby for one. They gave her a big check to come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I thought I happens. saw her. Oh, and Nicole like this because in the um, the freak show one, she actually sings a David Bowie oh, cool. song, and she's like all like in Bowie esque like attire. Oh, that's she's really on the neat. stage and singing, and it's just like a cappella, and she was really good. That's you know. super cool. Very cool. So yeah, Jessica Lang, definitely check out um, Tootsie and American Horror Story if you haven't seen it. I think she needs more mainstream movies. Yeah. Like like a, maybe she's just a choice that she doesn't want to get involved in bigger movies and she's just cool with TV. But yeah, I, I mean like she's been in. But she does like HBO like Feud. Oh, that's true. That's true. She does like really maybe good. It's like just some of like the, you know how like the more mainstream stuff they have Typical so many politics behind it and yeah. like. Yeah. Sure, wants to get deal with that shit. Yeah. I know, it's, it's not fair. Fair, fair. I mean, she's already got all the awards. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need anything else. She's, <laughs> she's good. good. She's a great actress. She can do whatever and she that's wants. all anybody needs to All right, so for um, my actress, I got Ruth Naga, who is um, an Gosh. Irish Ethiopian um, actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so her um, parents uh, met um, while her mom was in Ethiopia, and um, then they. Um, they got married, um, stayed for a bit, went to Ireland, um, where um, she uh, where she grew up. Oh, um, I know that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know she was Irish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. It's really interesting because, like, when I watched her do interviews, like, and then she does, she can hear the accent in her voice. Oh my god! Because uh, after seeing her do like so many like movies where she's playing like American characters, yeah, like, I was like, what? <laughs> I actually yeah. thought she was American. Yeah. yeah, she's like very good at doing um doing accents. Like when Andrew Salva, everybody thought he was American when he first did the wire and stuff, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're like, What? Yeah, everyone was, <laughs> everyone was shocked when like they're shocked. How's, how's it go, mate? And I was like <laughs> Well that's um Christian Bale too. Like then all of a sudden you're like yeah. what that really? comes out of you? Yeah. <laughs> Only Batman would work correctly. Right well, yeah. <laughs> I mean I that was more it. Michael King than, yeah. than Christian Bale. <laughs> I'm not going to bury another Batman. Anyways. <laughs> 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 right, so going back. Um, so she did, um, so she started out doing theater. Um, then she did a couple um, smaller um, uh, movies. And then she went into um, TV series. And this is where she got her first um, award was um, she did um, a TV, uh, a short TV film on, um, on um, Shirley Bassett. And um, so she won um an award for Best Actress from the Irish Film and Television Academy oh, for cool. that one. Yeah. Um, and then after that was when she started getting um, some more leading roles in movies. Um, so one of the ones she did was um, The Samaritan in 2012. Um, so she was in that one with a Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. Um, so in this movie, he is um, an ex-convict. He just got out of jail for, um, for murder. He was in there for 20 years. And um, he gets pulled back into... Um, into the underworld by um, his partner's son, who essentially, um, so the person he killed was his dad. And he essentially wants him, wants to get back at him for doing that. Um, and one of the ways of doing that is getting him involved with uh, Ruth Nega's character named Iris. Um, and so they sort of, um, her and Jackson um, get close, they get to know each other, become lovers, but it turns out that she's part of. Um, um, part of the son's scheme, um, and he does a really good job. Um, he's um, played by Luke Kirby. Actually, another writer of the Samaritan. 
Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah, another guy wrote mm. that. He's Canadian, and he uh, he also wrote the F word with uh, Danny Radcliffe. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. quite nice. Yeah. Um, his name is Alan Alan Lestine, I believe his name is. Oh, okay. Um, so that movie has um a pretty big twist that you don't see too often, mm. and for good reason. So I won't spoil it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, if I'm you're intrigued at all. Um, just be prepared oh for. Story was <laughs> I can't see this, but Casey was for some odd reason doing an Irish jig in the background. I think he's trying to keep no, it. Away. I was, I was he just, doesn't drink coffee. I was just acting all. I was just acting all fancy because I knew a writer from Hollywood. Oh, oh yeah, I was oh. No, I was. I, I was. Yeah, she was. Making, well, name drop. This yeah. sort of yeah. to fame. Just thought I'd throw ready. that in that I meant the man who wrote this obscure movie with twenty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I think that was both like a claim to fame and shots fired. <laughs> I know, like I mean, I, a lot of your listing somehow. I love you. You're, you're cool. <laughs> Let's get back to okay, the after. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so very interesting movie. I'll leave it at. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so after that, she also had a recurring role on Agents of Shield, which was um, a tie-in oh, yeah. TV show with the. Um, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which season was she on in that one? Um, so she was in the first two seasons, and then she came back in right. one of the later seasons. Yes, I remember um, that. So in this series... Um, so she... Sam seems to be the master of Marvel television. <laughs> it's not met this person. No, I'm trying to remember her character, because I did watch the first two seasons. Yeah, so was, she was... Was she a minor character? Um, she She's not... She's like a recurring villain, sort of. Like, oh, she's okay. not... She's not the main villain, but she's sort of like, like the, the a voice. Henchmen. Yeah, oh. like okay. yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, so so the main villain in this series is someone called the Clairvoyant, mm-hmm. um, and so she's Didn't basically see that coming. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you watch this series, Thursday. you literally didn't see it. Coming. <laughs> yeah, but it's really interesting. I'm um, seeing her in this role, so she's sort of. Um, She's like one of those like mysterious villain characters. Like it's not how do they say? <laughs> like like, like the background's ambiguous. Or... Yeah. Okay. Like as in like so it's like she um herself is um for like her purpose in the, in the clairvoyance plan, and she's nice. also um this trying is to help vaguely coming back to me. <laughs> and she's also trying to help the main character Phil Coulson. Discover the secrets what of his past. What happened to him? Yes, yes, um, yes. Because for those of you who saw um, the first TV. Avengers movie, he was supposed to have died, but in the TV series, he's back to life, and even he doesn't understand why, and like all the records are blocked. Um, so he wants to find out, and Ruth Nega character, Ruth Nega's character, also wants to find out. Mm-hmm. But so she wants to help him so that she can also learn the secrets. But he he wants to learn the secrets, but he doesn't want to help her. Right. But it's he slowly like, realizes that she might be the only person who can help. It's him. like let me help you help yourself. Yeah. Go but also help me. Yeah. <laughs> help you, help me, help you, help, help me. Help me get out of the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> get into better things. Wow, it clearly worked. Which she did. Which she did. So. Yeah, so this but is next. really interesting in contrast to her other role on um, another t- series called Preacher. Yes. Which some of you like. <laughs> That's right. um, so she's like basically the complete opposite of her character, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's like a tough, hard-spoken woman in this one. Um, Somewhat scary. Yeah. <laughs> Very spiritual. I remember in the first episode when, um, like, so there's a scene where um, she's with these, um, so she's basically just driving her car, like, while fighting off these um, guys who are after her. And then um, she ends up in this um, random family's house where the two kids are there alone. 
and she and you can hear a helicopter coming out and she tells the kids uh, just go downstairs and then the kids go downstairs and you see it from their perspective so you just hear a bunch of noise outside and then she just opens the door it's like okay it's good to come out <laughs> and it's just her that's like, like that's, what what happened yeah, you don't need to know about the children I thought, I thought she so she placed tulip yeah creature and i thought she did a really good job as a, someone who's a fan of the comic um first of all i like that they changed tulip because as much as i like garth ennis his characters for lack of a better word are very very white <laughs> so tulip is like you know kind of caucasian blonde hair da da. so i know there's like a big uproar of as there always is on the internet when these things happen, Eric that they changed her uh, her race. But I thought mm-hmm. she was a really good pair with, with Dominic Cooper mm-hmm. as, yep. as Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think she's one of the stronger things about that show. Yeah, like I really liked their relationship because um, he's trying to... Because the main show is called Preacher, he's trying to become a preacher, but she were um, like so someone um, messed with them in the past, and she wants to get back at him, so she's trying to get him to partner with her to get to um, get revenge. Um, and basically, um, so the episodes I watched, like she's just trying to convince him to uh, come back to that. Yeah. So and if anyone reads that comic or watch that series, that series is truly kind of batshit. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't, yeah. Isn't it? A, isn't it Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg? Yeah. Like, so so the whole comic is small town preacher gets possessed with the spawn of a demon and an angel, and he basically gets these powers and he can manipulate the holy hell out of people. And that was he, a very, very good pun. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and he and uh, his best friend, who's a vampire, and his ex-girlfriend... <laughs> oh, no, Biggie. ...road trip across America to kill God. I'm on a mission from God. No, I didn't You're smoke missing anything. the most important part. What am I missing? John Wayne. Oh, oh. <laughs> John Wayne. John Wayne is his imaginary friend. Is Jesse the preacher's imaginary best friend and spiritual guide? Okay. And All so right. he'll be like John Wayne. What do I do? And like John Wayne will appear and like like talk him through things. Okay. So well, no, I didn't smoke anything. Interesting. Uh, um, well, they certainly well, did when they made exactly. this. I made no exceptions for Garth in this, but yeah, so I highly recommend really it. It's kind of if you're okay. Into interesting. The weird, that's wild Americana. Yeah, that's not a good run. That's an EMC mm-hmm. and. She's a total stand-up from that series. Cool. cool. Yep, I also definitely recommend it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, so she also did um, a movie um, in 2016 called Loving. Yeah. Um, I like that one. Mm-hmm, yeah, this one was really cute. So um, she played um, Mildred Loving, and they were sort of the first, um, well, one of the first, like, sort of mixed um, couples. Um, it takes place in the early... Um, Also, this one was at mm-hmm. TIFF, right? It was at yeah. TIFF. Or... Yeah, it's Joel Edgerton. Yeah. 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 Oh, well. that one went... Oh, yeah. That's good. It's very sweet. Yeah, so the two... Very lo- yeah, so her... It's very loving. I mean, it's her name. It's the, yeah, it's very loving. What, it's what a, very much a romance of it. Yeah. Yeah. Very lovable of a movie. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, so Joel Edgerton plays, um, plays her husband, Richard. Um, so the two of them go out of state to get married um, because the laws of... The laws of the state are still such that um, mixed couples um, can't get married. So they go out of state, get married, come back home. But of course, law enforcement comes. They're forcefully separated and they're told they have to leave the state in order to um, remain together. Um, And it's basically sort of their um, 
and they um, they reach out to a lawyer who um, wants to take their fight to, all the way up to the Supreme Court to get um, to overturn this ruling. Um, and it's a it's a very it's a, based on a true story. It's a very historic uh, moment yeah. when they finally overturned that law. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very um, like you can really feel for the two of them because like you can tell like they love each other. Um, but while like she really wants to fight for this. Um, her husband, he kind of wants to just stay, like, he just wants the two of them to just be together, not have to make it this big show that the mm-hmm. whole country has to get right. involved with. Um, uh, yeah, it was a very nice movie. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that direction is actually really good. And, like, I thought some of the scenes in it, like, I definitely, like, felt scared for them. Like, there's a scene where, like, they're shortly after being married, and the police come <laughs> to their house in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, basically, like, yeah. forcibly dragged them from their house and mm-hmm. he's like showing them the marriage certificate that they're legally married and mm-hmm. like that doesn't count for shit here yeah and like it, there are some very tense and terrifying moments and mm-hmm. it's scary because it wasn't that long ago we like to think that we're past that but it really wasn't that yeah. long ago what's mm-hmm. deep I think, I think I believe it was Virginia Let me just I think it was here. Virginia so it was like one of the last yeah, and I believe yeah. what it was in the. 50s. Well, I think it was wasn't it Alabama? Wasn't it Alabama? Mm-hmm. It was in the last day. Yeah, so. it's. Um, yeah, this director's really good. At yep, late yep late fifties in the state of Virginia. Okay, fifties yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, I like this director a lot. He did Take Shelter, Mud, Midnight Special. He's very good at domestic oh, yeah. uh, domestic, Mine domestic like, politics. Uh, Mud, 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 no Mud no. with uh, Matt McConaughey. Oh, okay, and the two boys. During, I haven't seen that one. During the, during the reconnaissance when it was happening. Take Shelter was really good. Take Shelter is Michael Shannon's best movie. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. It's amazing. So it's like ratcheted with tension, but it's amazing. Yeah, the it's same so sort of aspect of like family, oh. family relationships. Yeah, so good. So good. But yeah, I really like this one too. Mm-hmm. And then she was also in uh, Ad Astra. Yes. Yeah. Brad Astra. Brad Astra. Brad Astra. Brad Astra. Brad Astra is Rad Astra. Just want to know here. Congratulations to Brad Pitt for winning his first acting Oscar. And he also did a shout out for the stunt people. Yeah. He did. Yes. You did it. We're proud of you. Yeah. Look. My boy, who's 56. My boy. Oh, Lord. So in this movie, um, so Ruth Nega was um, Helen Lantos. Um, so she was. Um, she was um, his uh, contact person on Mars that um, he met up with. Um, and so at first in the movie, um, so it, so just kind of like her character in Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., she also has this kind of mysterious vibe to her. Although you kind of get that thing throughout the whole movie. It's kind of like very isolated, I guess. Like everyone seems kind of cold. Yeah. Once you, you don't leave know whether Earth. to trust her. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, um, she's on sort of a stop along the way of Brad Pitt's Journey. Journey, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when she really, like, you know, there's a, this isn't a spoiler, but they, there's a connection between the, the, the father that Brad Pitt is looking for and her and mm-hmm. everything like that, which yeah. is all very interesting. I wish she had more roles. I wish she had more roles. She was really It was a very small role, but it was very yeah. good. Yeah, she has, like, such an important part of, like, his story and the movement of his, like, thought process that it seems weird just to have her basically, like, a throwaway character. Yeah. In the way she was put into the acting like her character is extremely important she's a great actress mm-hmm. it just felt like they underused her definitely mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of characters in that movie that they underused because I mean Liv yeah. Tyler's 
in it for mm-hmm. like five seconds, and then uh, on a video yeah. stream, I didn't even on a video stream. I mean, Donald, Donald Sutherland's in it briefly. Yeah. Like, he, he, at least he has a bit more importance. That makes more sense, though. It makes more sense, yeah. but um, but yeah, there's a lot of big actors that movie. They're just sort of like, oh, they're there. I guess that's kind of intentional because the whole idea is kind of like just isolating spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's isolating. It's good almost like he's dissociating the entire time. It was really good. It just, mm-hmm. like, was not what I. I, I I think my major complaint about my own one, my only complaints about that movie is the fact that I wanted to see more of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has yeah. that really great line about like the sins of the father become the sins of the son and it's mm-hmm. like that yeah. whole yeah. notion of what do if our parents do something potentially bad right. is that something that we carry with us and mm-hmm. are we supposed to carry our parents' burdens with us? Uh-huh. And should mm-hmm. we feel shame for what they have done? Exactly. It's very mm-hmm. I wish that was fleshed out more because it was and it wasn't I feel like it was a little bit inconclusive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, like that's what I, I yeah. kind of wanted to see more of her because I thought she was Tips very, very intriguing. Yeah. Inevitably, mm-hmm. the issue with science fiction movies is always going to be you wish they did more of one thought because you like that thought. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, the movie is also supposed to be the sort of you, the painter thing. You take what you yeah. want from it. It has a bunch of ideas in it. It, it goes as far as it can. But inevitably, you take away what you want from those expressions. I also thought that she, her character was more so like his character. So yeah. It was kind of interesting to see yeah. like a female equivalent to him. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I would kind of want to see her explored more. But I thought she yeah. was good in the small section. Oh, yeah, she's really good. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, so it just seems like... Um... So those are the five movies I picked for her. Um, she only really has one upcoming movie at the moment. It seems to be a little more of like a minor, like an indie film, not a really big one. Okay. That's her only upcoming project, which is a big real shame because like I really liked her um, yeah. um, in, in what I saw. Sometimes in big movies, they already hire the people and then they name drop as the year goes along to build mm-hmm. up stuff for it. Yeah. Sort of like how Nolan's movie is basically already done filming, but like a lot of the names in it are just getting yeah. name dropped as you go along just because it's like, oh, they're cast in this. It's like, no, they've yeah. already done filming it. Now that that was official. So. Although yeah. she did also go back to do... Um, a theater play where uh, of Hamlet, um, where she played Hamlet. I heard about that. Oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. Really? I heard she was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can actually see her playing that though. I can too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. has that like very like stoic well, yeah. she definitely mindset. Do really yeah. well in that. Yeah, from from the reviews I've read, it says people have said that like she plays Hamlet like very differently from other people, but at the same time, it's still captivating. And even the mm-hmm. way that like she like physically carries herself. She, she, she has that like flop back and forth. She's like a little more androgynous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she needs to flip back and forth between kind of the female and kind of more masculine yeah. style. Yeah. All right. So my actor this time was James McAvoy, the lovely Scotsman who we nearly lost to the priesthood. Found that out when I looked up his bio. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That would have been a real shame. That's Boy, a, that's Boy a the movie tragedy. wanted would never have happened. No. Please don't. Well, we're actually going to be talking about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we nearly lost him to the priesthood. Apparently, until he was 16, he was like, yeah, I'm going to become a Catholic priest. I'm like, okay. It's, it, well, what? You, you, honestly, uh, and this is like, it seems like in a lot of Irish and Scottish places, there's a lot of priesthood-heavy areas where a lot of people grow it's up. It's not so, Irish. I know, I know, but like, I know Irish and Scottish is what I said. Okay, yeah. South America, too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but the Scots are really true. Catholic. They're all mostly Protestant. Okay, Don't say you're that's Catholic fair. up there. You might die. If you're not shacking up and having kids by 20, they're like, well, you're clearly a celibate for the rest of your life and you're enjoying the priesthood. Gotcha. Okay, that was a really random segue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's a random segue to start his career before acting. So. True. Yeah. 
It's either this or that. that yeah. uh, Acting, whore, where we well, we in front of a camera, or become a priest. Or he, he went to talk to someone that he, they were talking about acting, and he's like, ooh, maybe I'll become an actor. And he went and became an actor. And the world is happier since. Sure, let's go with that. Um, so I looked at, the first movie I looked at is the wonderful Narnia, Shots Fired at Lion King. It still has better CGI. Agreed. I also agree with that. Yes, okay, so the girls just gave away who he plays. He plays the fawn. He's so adorable, my god. Yeah, I think that's where I first fell in love with him, too. Yeah, he, he's adorable. Yeah. His role is really small, but it's like extremely important in it. He's the guy. Over, yeah, he guy. He's the guy. He first meets Lucy when she comes over. When she's like, Ooh, "How the heck did I get from a wardrobe to Snowland?" <laughs> oh no, no, the best, the best is when she's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, where'd you come from?" And she's like, "Oh, from the wardrobe, spare room." He's like, "He's like, oh, Lucy from the shiny land of wardrobe and spare room." Yeah, room, not room, room. As if it's some kind of magic. Really, you guys have watched this movie more than I have. There's a lot of details. That was impressive. Yeah, that was impressive. I mean, I haven't seen it for like 15 years. I think the the movie's really good. I haven't seen it since like 05. I I literally just saw it again last year as they show it for ESL class. So I'm just like. You know, it's not the worst, not the worst movie <laughs> in the Sometimes world. Sometimes I have to watch the first one just to review what happened before I go back to watch Ben Barnes. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he not show up to the second one? Yeah, yeah I know. That's exactly. why I have to get the yeah, the, the, those get successful the full movies. backstory. <laughs> they were terrible, but Anyways. god damn it. Um, so we're going back to the other hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually his performance are pretty good in this. Like one of the scenes where he is distraught because he's about to like give Lucy over to the white witch and he's like basically having a panic attack in the room going I'm so sorry was really good acting really like you made you made you feel really bad about him which is surprising but then you have the other scene where his um captured by the white witch and you have uh what's his face Edmund no Edmund yeah Yeah, Edmund little pain in the rear end um He's overacting that scene. Oh, okay. I can't even. I'm like, I'm like it was good. No, it was much too much. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. I don't he know, was I'm learning not, how to tone down his act. Not gonna lie, I don't remember the kids that long well in that movie. Well, yeah. they haven't really done much. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah. Um, no, the girl has. Um, the one that we don't like, Susan, the girl who plays Susan. You have a problem with Susan. Yeah, I don't like Susan. <laughs> Seems like C.S. Lewis Hey, we were discussing this and you were agreeing with me, so I guess you're just changing your viewpoint for the podcast. I understand with Susan's relevance in the Bolt series. Yeah, Although so it seems like relevance. the author didn't like her too. What did you say? So it seems like the author didn't like her too in the final book. Well, she's the only one Which the movies never got to. Yep. So if you want to find out, read the book. Yeah. Is it not a child-friendly ending? I'll just no, say. it's well, not. Well, then we'll start over with the magician's nephew. Anyways. Oh my god. Well, that's one. the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That one was actually really good. I liked it too. Um. So the CGI is really good. The movie actually surprisingly holds up. Like, there's a couple of scenes where you're looking out at the scenery and you're like, okay, yeah, this is definitely CG CGI. But the um fun and all the rest of it's really good and holds up and Liam Neeson is the lion I believe right yes he's mm-hmm. uh Jesus lion um next I watched um X-Men First Class which it is still good still love it best but best part is the Wolverine cameo yes <laughs> yes that was great so funny fuck yourselves so... goodbye yeah yeah um <laughs> 
First off, I'm going to say it. I'm not going. To be, I'll try to be objective, but I'm not. Magneto was right. Anyways, Charles is great in this. Um, yes. I love. <laughs> Magneto was right. Proves through the entire thing. Um, I was actually really liked how they went back and got um, the backstory that you kind of yeah. don't get. Like it's yeah. not. You don't necessarily need it for the other movies, but it. It's a very good it back. Yeah. He does a really, really good job as Xavier. The yeah. whole like, mm-hmm. I'm a pragmatist. Um, like I'm going to be optimistic through everything. It's going to be great. And then you have Michael Fassbender playing Magneto, Magneto just going, Nah, man. Nah. Nah. We're this is bad. We're doomed. <laughs> this means war. I really, like, especially that last part is like, I've been at the hands of men just following orders already. And I'm just like, bam, you got it, boy. <laughs> I still love the scene where he deflects the bullet. And then that's, no! how, that's how that happens. I thought it was just a great scene. That was, I like the way that they did yeah. which explains why um, Eric always comes back. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to hurt you anymore. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I have to deal with this. You're my love and my <laughs> life, but I can't be with you. And, you know? yeah. <laughs> no one's going to hurt you. Yeah. However, I'm going to hurt everybody around you. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, it was really good. He's He honestly did such a good role that you, like way of acting it that you're like, okay, I see where you're coming from, even though I just disagree with this character. I see where this guy's coming from. You're giving me some sort of caring about him, even though I'm like, and the personalities like match up yeah like the older version yep yeah they did a really good job of matching them up to the original people definitely yeah until they got to we're don't talk about that that never never happened happened. (laughs) or dark Phoenix. that we definitely (laughs) no one watched that that one one. nobody nobody even went to see it i didn't see it in theater but i watched it you poor soul talk about well well, the issue is franchise well Well, this is why she's having a baby and she's (laughs) she's having a baby well, She's the, not gonna be active for a well, while. Issue, well, the issue, well, the issue with Phoenix oh. is, is is they kicked Joe out is, is they kicked out Brian Singer because of all the stuff that was going on after yeah. Bohemian, and then they brought in the special effects guy to drive this. That's why it's terrible. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So the, there was yeah, a, there was a sense. whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes that didn't change the release date. So that's why it's really bad, and that's oh, why no, the marketing that, literally gives away everything is, in the trailer. Um, <laughs> Dark Phoenix, right? Dark Phoenix, yeah. Apocalypse even went down. It's just ooze from Power Rangers. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, no, that friend. Apo- I, 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 by the way, this is a pet peeve. I'm going to sidetrack it. This is a pet peeve of movies when the when the villain is shown to be the most ridiculously powerful guy ever, and then they never use it on the heroes. That drives me nuts because Apocalypse oh, yeah. literally like breaks these people, puts them in the sand like they're dead, and then the whole time with the X Men, he just can't do anything. Yeah, do it. Well, I okay. feel like it was because he wanted to recruit them. I guess like, he wanted to recruit them, but mm-hmm. I don't like when like, like there's no threats. There's yeah. no threats. Like oh, I can kill him with laser beam from my finger, and then it's just never used. Yeah, it's just ridiculous heroes. looking. Like I understand they were trying to go for that classic comedy yeah, feel, comic yeah. but like it's over the top. It still yeah. looks like it was. From the I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it the first time, and that is all. I was like, oh look, it's ooze. Got it's it. Ooze. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, then I saw Atonement. Didn't like it. Me neither. Like oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I, think oh. I think it's a good half of the movie. Let's put it that way. Uh, I want it to be like. Jock and Briny? Yeah. Yes, I could. I, I also agree. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you at all. Can you say that again? Dropkick Briny. Oh. What is that? Briny is the main character. She basically screws over the kid. The kid. Sorry, screws over like everyone. So basically. Um, right. she sees her sister and Jane Mac- James McAvoy's character, who I shouldn't know his name from it because they're gonna watch it. But again, this movie was just so bad; like I forgot everything. Um, the beach scene's really good. 
Yeah, yeah like okay, okay, decent, that. But it's yeah. like a decent shot. It's, it's a decent good. shot. It's really good showing of Dunkirk, <laughs> but like, again, whatever. But it also, um, I think one part I don't like about that is it really ends up theat- like making it so theatrical it was, like, and ridiculous, it, which is really uncomfortable, I yeah. think, with that. I guess also since now that we've seen Dunkirk, there's a different viewpoint of it. Um, but all of it stems like the reason that everyone dies and everything happens because this girl gets jealous because she sees her sister with the guy she likes, who's way too old for him, her anyways. Mm-hmm. It's such a childish nonsense that could have been avoided had and someone... Ruins, like, two people's lives forever. Like, someone just yeah. slaps but... this kid, <laughs> spoiled rich white girl whose daddy has, who has her dad around her finger. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, this is nonsense. Yeah. So... The actress is really good, though. Yeah, I'll give it... Uh, uh, Sir 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 that was her yeah. first novel. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's got four already. Oh, shit. Look, she's really good in it. I'm not going to lie. But but, the thing was, with that, like, even though it's, like, so devastating, I still wanted to, like, cry and have that, like, cathartic feeling to it. But you never got to it. But you don't. It's kind of, like, there. They just, like, throw that last part. Oh, well, um, that thought that I would actually go back. I didn't have the courage to confront them. So he actually died on the beaches, and um, she died in the Blitz. I was like, okay. I think that the, and that's why I said I think the first half of the movie is good setup. I think the second half is just bad execution. Yeah. And, I, and then I think that, and obviously I love the scene on the beach because I think it's just it's like a great movie painting. And I don't think it romanticizes it. I think it's pretty grim. Like 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 it's trying to have some beauty with like you know the amusement park devastated in the background, but they're all like extremely depressed like on the beach like like they're, the, they're killing the horses you know and everything that part like I that, and everything. Yeah. Um, the part where he's in the uh, water basically I liked as well. Yeah. Um. It's that in-between scene where he's basically having a flashback to the woman and, like, mm-hmm. almost like a fever dream, which yeah. he definitely has a fever, so it makes sense, a fever dream, but you don't find that out until the very end, so it made that scene very, um... That's fair. ...useless in my no, opinion. No, it's fine. It's definitely not a perfect movie. Joe writes... It's, he has strengths, and he has weaknesses as a director, so... More weaknesses. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it was... Well, we all saw Pan... So no, I did not. Yeah, that was I mean, the only movie I've ever walked out of. Yeah, in a theater. Yeah, it was not bad. Yeah, Joe Wright's had some bad ones. I don't know. Like, I guess his acting was pretty okay in it. Like, especially that scene where he's um, frightened after like getting released from the insane um, asylum. Like that, I really mm, yes. in jail. That I really like that scene. That really showcased his acting. Some other scenes, again, I feel like it just, the script wasn't there, so he probably yeah, just sucked right. it. I feel like he was just there to be, like, the pretty boy for most Pretty time. blue-eyed boy. Yeah. Because like, they focused on his eyes a lot. He wasn't that big yet, right, at this point? Because this was uh, 2007, yeah, so. But it's still after Last King of Scotland. Wasn't That's it? true. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that one, he's just, like, was phenomenal. He was really good. I don't think he was nominated for it. No, I feel he like he should have been, though. Like, even from what I saw of that one, because I didn't finish that Last King of Scotland, like, it was... Oh. really intense acting like very good like you can feel like his yeah. heart behind it the actor and it was like it was that one was very like you can see his ability to act and then like that's yeah. his follow-up i know exactly it's good it follow-up yeah last king of scotland he's just i told should follow up to the last king of scotland um but i got no but i'm saying it ended up getting nominated for like best picture and all yeah stuff, so uh, i don't know why yeah. and then following that one up Wanted. Can we not speak about this? I literally watched it 
two nights ago, and I barely remember any of it. I love and it. I love it. I call I it. it. I love it. I call, I call, I call it a trash. I, I call it a trash piece. It's, it's not. It's not even because because it, it's exactly the B movie stuff that I no, it love. Is not. I, it's I a C movie, and I love B movies, and you know that. And I hated the get comic book. I hated the movie. I hated it. <laughs> I still don't know why you suggested we go see it. I Man. We didn't I, see it in theater. Yeah, we did. No, we did not. I did not pay for that in theater, and I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you I that did because I was joking no. with you. No, no, no. I I will that. go find this no, thing. I know. I, I did not pay for that. You must have seen it with somebody else. I did not see that in theater. I saw that only on DVD. I can guarantee you that. Maybe Sam paid your So Wanted is about no, the everyday no, life. I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because I know for a fact that I wouldn't have seen that on my own. I took you, because no one else, because this was high school. And I was a very lonely child in high school, and you were my only friend. <laughs> I don't remember seeing that in okay. theater. The so this is so this is this is workplace fantasy, the movie, and it's great. It's not yeah. great. He, he he literally hits Chris Pratt in the face, and then spells the word "fuck you" with his teeth. Ooh, it's amazing. Pretentious. It's amazing. Artsy. I still didn't something. like. I watched it again, and then it took me until like. That very end scene at where he like shoots with the bullet through everyone's head, <laughs> why he slapped him because I didn't pick it up on the first part. I was like, oh, yes, right. There's an affair here. Okay, now I understand. <laughs> but the first time I'm like, why did he? I don't. Never mind. Um, it was just like a mess. I didn't like the color. I didn't like the way it was shot. Uh, yeah, I, honestly, a... I'll be the first to say, like, I get that that movie's not for everybody. It's obviously a B movie, but I just think it does. It's B movie I don't even think it's a B movie. Really well. Rent it again? Uh, Bergmanoff, whatever. He did a horrible movie called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter after, which is. Oh my god, gorgeous. I love that! Okay, well, there you go. Same guy. There you go. I prefer Boom. that, to be honest. <laughs> that, that movie's really good. Yeah, bad. but that's just that I prefer vampires. <laughs> right. Maybe if Wanted had vampires and werewolves, it'd be. That, okay, that makes true. no yeah. sense at all. This is very clearly oh, like... Oh yeah, because Wand is the most logical this, this point is about, by this point movie. This is about a guy with anxiety. This is about a guy with anxiety who finally finds the curb within himself to stick it to the man okay, and becomes my, an assassin. Here's my thing. I don't like that part because his anxiety is a byproduct of the fact that he can go and stop, like, focus really well, and then stop, basically, Oh, of course, it's absurd. It's absurd. However, to me, coming and watching it now, maybe at the time I would have seen it differently, but watching it now, I'm just like, oh, let's make fun of people who have anxiety. Wee! Well, all the hair killers. Well, if anything, it's... I didn't even think about that, because, yeah, I saw it when it first came out. Well, no, that's fair. And and, and, but he has anxiety, but to be fair, like, it actually, like, it empowers the character. He's not a victim of medication either, right? Like, he becomes, learns to live off of it, become his own person, become a more confident person. Become an assassin. Right? Becomes an assassin. Exactly. It's a fantasy. It's not, It's a literally male wank-off movie. All right, fine. (laughs) Whatever you say, man. Oh, man. I think, I, 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 we get what the Dunson Wise is. Like, shit. But I, I do remember people flipping out of the poster where Angela Jolie's hand is, like, so thin. Oh, and she's holding yeah. this, like, gigantic, this gigantic gun. And I'm like, wow, Photoshop. Wow. Yeah. I don't care what you guys Photoshop. say. Everybody has those movies that, you know, everybody doesn't like. Hey, I have, like, like, 15 billion of those. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> the one. Wanted is one of my... So if yeah. you want to waste your time, really yeah. If you if you want a nice surprise, we'll see why. That is not a surprise. <laughs> I was making fun of that shit forever. Hey, 2007, guys, it's still a good movie. Oh God. Eight. Oh, was it eight? Okay. I thought it was seven. Okay, so uh, 
last but not least, me. Um, so I am going to talk about Graham Greene. Yes! Okay. So, um, so for the listeners, uh, when we were picking picking our actors when I got Graham Greene a while ago, Adriana was not there for that panel. And Jason, um, who is Adriana's significant other, literally turned to me and he was like, She's going to fucking murder you. She's going to be like, so mad. She's going to be so mad that it's you got Graham Greene. And I was. When you told me, I was like, what Yeah. The- I already got James McAvoy. I totally would have been like, we're trading. I know. But I also wanted her to see more Graham Greene. Because you need to appreciate that. It's man. okay. It's yeah. fine. It happened. I just couldn't believe it happened when she wasn't here. That was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Never so missing out of, another Out of our podcast. entire bag of actors we have, Graham yeah. Greene. So the moral of the story is that you can't not be here because you're going <laughs> to lose your chance to get your favorite actor. Literally one of my favorite Canadian actors. Um, so anyways, um, so Graham Greene is an indigenous Canadian actor. He's a bit of a national treasure. Um, he's in a lot of uh, movies and TV programs, especially here in Canada. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, so he was kind of grew up on Canadian TV. You know him in some regard. Um, so he's also um, he's a genie winner, which is kind of like a Canadian uh, TV award. And he won for one of the programs that I'm going to be talking about. So he won for the TV show Dudley the Dragon. Um, so if you <laughs> were a child of the 90s or late 80s, um, you probably saw Dudley the Dragon. He was a giant six-foot dragon who wore sneakers. <laughs> I still have the stuffed animal of him somewhere in my house. And his whole adventures is that he has these friends that are human, and they kind of run around the forest, and... Sounds like an acid trip, basically. <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> Somebody but, had an acid trip decided, let's put it to movie. But Graham Greene plays the crabapple tree, so... <laughs> I remember that! So he's literally a tr- like yeah. a crabapple tree, and he like, has a little circle for his face. He's like and, the grandmother Willow. Yeah, and <laughs> he's... Except for he's crabby, sarcastic, <laughs> yeah. and wonderful. Like, and he, explains my humor. He hates everything. Everybody. And like he like like they'll be like, oh, can I borrow trees for like to make a pie? And he'll be like, mm, let me think about that. Uh no. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, wow. And I was like, so, so that's where I got that from. <laughs> or like there's another scene in the episode. He's like, he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, everybody has a home. And they're like, yay! And then he's like, but I don't know where yours are. And she's like, boo! <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, shit, this is like 90s. I'm like, I'm wondering where my personality comes from. The, um, there's an episode where um, it's raining and they go, rain, rain, go away, come again another day. And then he's like so angry. He's like, I need the rain to survive. And then when it starts raining, he's like, Ugh, too much rain. So, yeah, yeah. Can't um, win. But yeah, he, so win. he plays this kind of character. So he's literally a tree, and like the kids like so like come to him for advice, and it like just it. starts. The um, but the show actually has like a more of an environmental twist than I remember. So they talk a lot about recycling. And they talk oh. a lot about the damage that what happens when we don't treat our forests properly, in particular. So there's an episode where like. They look at the crabapple tree because they live so long. So they look at their life, like, in the past and in the future. And, like, it's cheesy. Like, the kids are in, like, 90s clothes and they're hippies clothes. And they're, like, spacesuits because it's the future. The forest looks the same the whole time, right? You know? And... They had a small budget. But... And, like, they talk about how, like, it's, no, like, the damage of what happens when you don't treat your forest properly... Or, um, like, what happens when you litter and, like, how it doesn't actually disappear. So I thought it was a really good moral to have for kids. Um, 
And like I said, he won an award for this show, and he's kind of very beloved uh, for for children of the 90s. He's probably one of the early scenes I remember seeing him in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of nice to go down memory lane with that one. Simpler times. Yeah, yeah. Simpler times. So simpler times, the budget, <laughs> simpler budgets. But I think it, it it was a good show. Teletubbies was on simpler times. Yeah, simpler times. Yeah. Um. But I yeah. So the second thing I looked at was that Wind River. Uh, right. So Wind River is kind of uh, looks at a small town. A small town murder. There's a murder of an indigenous woman, and basically Jeremy Renner plays uh, a gentleman that lives in the area, and he's probably the only person that's not indigenous that has a good relationship with the community. And because he his partner uh, is indigenous, and they had a child together, so he's kind of accepted into the community. Kind of speaks as the representative, and when the cops uh, come to town to solve this murder. He works with them in order to kind of figure out what happens, and it's played by uh, is it Elizabeth Olsen? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she actually, I think she's um, like I know she gets a lot of praise for was it Martha 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 Marcy Mayroyan? Yes. Um, <laughs> but she's quite good in, and I think this is another movie that she's quite good in. So she plays like the fish out of water, uh, like you know, hot temperature yeah. city cop coming to this rural area where they don't respect her because right. they talk about how people don't respect them. And is that very much so that dynamic that people ignore small town crime, especially when it comes to indigenous population, mm-hmm. which is very true for the United States and for Canada. It definitely plays onto that missing and murdered indigenous woman a yes. lot. Yes, and that's still a really big hot topic for both the U.S. and Canada. Um, so I thought, and Graham Greene plays, plays the local sheriff in this. Um, so he has really great uh, working chemistry with Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And um, his part is smaller in this, but I think he does a really good job. I like how the majority of the actors are indigenous, except for the children. So, yeah, the main uh, murdered woman, she is not indigenous, as well as the son, he is also not indigenous. The, um, she's uh, Chinese-American, and he's Filipino-American. Mm-hmm. Which, for a movie that did so well to, like, Tentu Cardinal, Graham Greene, um, what, I always mispronounce his name, so I'm not going to say it, Gil Greenham, Tolka Black Elk, all these amazing Indigenous actors, and then the main roles that should have been for Indigenous people, out. Which, I love the movie, but that also gives it very, like, difficult for me to, like, deal with that shit. I think, too, also, when you've already gone the effort of putting in a bunch of indigenous actors yes. in it, it's like, like, not gonna why couldn't you find two more? Exactly. Yeah. I get it. And, like, the role is small for the son and the... Yeah, and, like, yeah but she's not really in it too much. But yeah. you've already cast these big yeah. names. She's a pretty big part in the climax of the movie as well, obviously. So. Yeah, but yeah. You, you can find two other actors, I'm sure. Yeah. That would have been much... Better. Uh, so yeah. that was a little bit when I was told that I was a little bit disappointed but overall I thought the movie was really good it's I thought it impressive. brought a good highlight it's a little bit sad because it talks it's very about like heavy them. but like yeah. very, it makes you think and like I still remember well, the movie very well it did a very yeah. good job at presenting the issues at hand yeah so, was, yeah, so it talks a lot about um, like crime and drug uh, use and the way that people fall into these 
sort of areas, not yeah. because they want to, but because yeah, they're not supported and they need yeah. to survive. Yes. Yeah. And racism and as well. And racism as well. And racism between, like, towards indigenous and between each other. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, towards mixed couples. So the victim, uh, she's in a relationship with... Uh, with uh, John Barenthal. Yeah, with John Barenthal, and they're a mixed couple, and one of the reasons they get partially attacked is because they are a mixed couple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and no other reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting that Taylor Sheridan who wrote this, he, uh, he wrote Sicario and Hell or High Water, and this is sort of the first yeah. time he directed, which was interesting. So. He... He's, he's really good at bringing those, he's, like, very, he's very good at writing social issues into tight screenplays. He was, yeah. uh, worked very closely with the indigenous community when he wrote this, which I thought was very good on him. I appreciate it because, so you said he did Sicario and he yes. did Hell or High What I'm appreciating about it is the fact that he's touching on these social cultural issues without blowing that out of proportion to the mm. fact where it's not believable. And he's still giving credit where credit is due. So he's not saying, like, it's outlandish and it's like a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. He's saying, here's what it is. Here's the sad reality. Here's the things that are happening under your nose that you may not know about. Uh Here's why these people are the way they are. So even in something like Sicario, he talks about, like, the crime rate or stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, so yes, I thought that was a really, uh, powerful movie. Yeah. Um, so I also looked at, um, so I looked at Thunderheart. Yeah. Um, so I, so I had to tell them the list and I had to try and remember what Adrian's favorite (laughs) movies were with Graham Greene so that she would watch them, so. Oh my god, Thunderheart is just like such an underrated movie. I don't think a lot of people have seen it, but. Uh I haven't even seen it. I love this guy, but again, he's been in 151 things, so. Yeah, but it's just like another like heavy drama. So he then this one he plays again he kind of he plays a lot of cops, yeah, uh, he but he plays alongside Val Kilmer and basically Val Kilmer is called the uh, to the reserve and in, in the southern United States and Val Kilmer himself is part indigenous in this and he the only knows about it through his father but he's not connected to his father mm-hmm. so a lot of his character development is kind of coming to cope with the fact that he's missed. And the cops treat him differently because he's missed, even though he doesn't acknowledge or know about that part of his history. Mm-hmm. Um, and the indigenous community also kind of treats him differently as mm-hmm. well. So they'll be like, why don't you accept the fact that you're indigenous? And the yeah. FBI is like, you're part indigenous, you're different than us. Yeah, and he's also so, going to be a white-passing exactly. male, which adds a whole other which host of issues. they comment on. They comment on, and I was really impressed Yay. because he's yeah. from the 90s. Yeah, it's really ahead of it. It's like, Really ahead of its time. So, and, yeah, and, like, there's, like, a few funny things. So, like, for example, like, uh, Graham Greene's, like, spiritual grandfather in the yeah. movie, like, quote-unquote cons Val Kilmer out of things. So he'll be like, he's like, you give me your rebands and I'll give you this rock. And he's just like, and he'll be like, he's like, Grandpa just wants your sunglasses. He's like, there's no spirituality to <laughs> It's really good at, like, the subtle sarcasm. Yeah. So good. Like, he, even though it's, like, a really heavy movie, he'll throw in, like, those lines there. So, and yeah, so he does a really good uh, kind of foil for Val Kilmer in this, and they talk about, once again, they kind of look at the, this is kind of like the big big company's evil, and they look at how companies are moving into territories and taking them for their natural resources, um, and manipulating the people and shoving them onto smaller and smaller pieces of land, and I like how they kind of make it the corporate enemies. We're often now afraid to blame corporations, yeah, their, what they're doing, but this film and this director 
uh, look at it and they're like, no, no, like, no, corporations and capitalism are the true enemy in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's also a really good car chase scene. Yeah, it has yeah. a it has a really good car chase scene. They have a really good bond. Um, I did not know about this movie. I'm a big Val Kilmer person, so it was a real treat to see both him and Graham Greene. Sam Shepard's in this, too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... Oh, yeah, he has a good role in that. Yeah, and Sam Shepard's really great in it. So I would... I highly recommend this. It's a little bit uh, kind of under the radar. Yeah, I think more people should see it. <laughs> um, and so I also looked at Dance with Wolves. Um, so Dance with Wolves is where Graham Greene got his... I think his only uh, Academy nomination. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's only been one... Until uh, recently, there's only been one Indigenous person... To so, win an Oscar. It so, was um, Buffy. Yes. I know. Um, so I think, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I forgot how long it was. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah so it's almost like, it's so I remember when I was watching it, I was like, I'm like, I got time. I got like, got like two and a half hours. I can do this before I go to work. Nope. And I put it on and I was like, oh, oh, oh it's like four hours. It's a lot of Kevin Costner. Um, the first third is just Kevin Costner. Today's yes. another Monday. So, like, the first... I would argue that the first half of the movie, up until he meets the indigenous tribe, is quite slow. So, I actually haven't seen this movie. Um, what? I'd be kind of curious to see if people find it now... I don't. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know if people now find it offensive. Yes. Uh, do they now find it offensive? Yes. Okay. I um, if you watch the documentary Real Engine, it's actually one of the biggest contention points. Okay. Just enough. Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so I thought he did a very good job in that. Um, so he plays the tribe leader, who's a new dancing crow, and he kind of brings Kevin and Costner to the folds. And shows him what, like, what the tribe is like, what the cultural customs are like. And basically, he kind of becomes one of the tribe and, and stays with them. And mm-hmm. he meets another woman who's also been kind of adopted into the tribe. Which is um, really common back then. Exactly. Okay, um, so it's uh, Avatar. All right, case closed. It's a episodic it's <laughs> uh, before James Cameron. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. No, I don't. I'm, <laughs> so, just, I'm just saying that I, it's interesting, because I haven't seen the movie either. Uh-huh. I feel like there's been a lot of movies that came after this mm-hmm. about the displacement sort of genre, where the one, uh, the, you know, the white man goes over, discovers these things, oh, and yeah, he totally. fights against the corporations. That was, I think, also in Pocahontas, I think, which was also came out around... The yeah. Time? yeah. Right, so. Well, it's also like Thunderheart. It's all like mid nineties. Yeah. It's a, yeah. There's a, there's a lot there's of this gray owl, kind of genre. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Basically, exactly. if there's an indigenous per- male role, yeah, then they get a white protagonist to go yeah. alongside. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, which is now outdated, but I still enjoyed it for what I know. It's still a good movie. Yeah. I think the problem with this, what Sam was talking about being um, offensive, it's not Graham Greene or Tantu Cardinal's role, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's the um, the adopted woman, it's, white woman. Yeah, yeah. Because and not so much Kevin Costner's character. No, because it's no. usually the men who are adopted into the um, nation um, more so. There's also issues just with her character. Like she was a, like brought into the family when she was like a baby. So like yeah, two. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she's lived her whole life, like her whole adult life. She's like 25. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she could speak English. She's like, mm, I think. A uh, tree. You're trying to say we're a tree. Yeah, <laughs> like all of a sudden, yeah, pretty she's bad. Like, mm, now I can talk to Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, like, there's not even like that. She literally does haunt us. You have like the magic of the colors of the wind and inspiring that. No, like you don't get that there. I'm like, how would you know English? You've been brought up. You've just heard it in this time. Aboriginal community. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I did have a pretty good laugh though because when I was watching it, I thought of that stupid joke from Brooklyn Nine Nine, where or she's like, oh, she's, I'm having dinner with Kevin Costner, and he's like, he's like, what? He's like, is he with and dances with wolves? <laughs> <laughs> also Tatanka. Yeah, yeah, Tatanka. Like that's um, only about, like only thing everyone knows from that. But yeah, so I can see definitely how some elements are outdated, but yeah. overall I liked it. I mean for nineteen ninety it's pretty nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Also the score is Yeah, did it win? It win Best Picture, right? Did I it believe it's dead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Had a bunch of nominations. Yeah, it did. Um and then lastly I watched Lawn Meyer. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> full disclosure on this, I didn't really get it because I did not watch the series in the beginning, and Grand Prince character only comes in in the third season. Yeah, there's a oh, lot yeah. that happens so before then. I'm a little lost. I'm a little bit lost. I, I'm really, I thought what he presented was good, so he's playing a villain, which was kind of different. Oh, that's different for him. Yeah. yeah. Guy. But outside, like, I think some of the plot-driven characters, like, like, they're like that person. Like that person can't protect you, and I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about right <laughs> now. So I thought he was good presenting and this care and this character as a villain. Yeah, and like I understood he carried a threat, but because I have not seen the show, I don't really know. Yeah, it's um, I will give it that because they had done the series with a lot of indigenous characters already, and they are all good. To it was perfectly fine to have like an indigenous character be like a jackass and he does it so well i haven't seen him like play that before i'm like you sir i love you play the asshole play like the yeah i love leader. when he, he's the best when he's sarcastic like yeah, even in maverick who guys oh see maverick? yeah yeah no, with mel gibson and then of right. course he's like the friend to mel gibson yeah he's, he's trying to swindle money out of the russians yeah okay. and he's um, like in everything he was in um the third die hard yeah that's right he was one of the yeah. cops he's a oh man oh, sorry you're saying maverick oh yeah no he's just always funny because like he's trying to swindle money you know from wherever he can, he has to go along. He's like, how white man? He's like, and then Mel Gibson's like, why are you talking like that? He's like, just, just go with it. And then he's just like, this is how I make my money for like my tribes. This is a little off topic. Yeah, like, then, I, want, I want Tom Hanks to play the bad guy once. Yeah, I want him to do it once. I think he'd yeah. be great at that too. It's because he got close in Road to Perdition, and that's pretty much as close as I think he's ever got. So. Yeah. Just one but time. My favorite line from Maverick is just Mel Gibson's. It's like, so nice land you got here, and then. Grimgrew's just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe next time we'll find some god-awful swampland, and then you'll leave us the hell alone. Oh yeah. And then it's a shiny fire. Awesome. <laughs> Damn. So I love it. That's pretty great. Um, and yeah. Uh, so I think for that series, uh, I, I mean, I highly recommend the watching it from the beginning, because I'm very confused, <laughs> but I'm sure he's wonderful or not. Okay, so now we're going to pick for our next session. Uh, so we're going to start with Jason. Okay. Uh, so Jason, take your pick. Okay, let me see here. And um, I've got uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Oh, nice. Machete. Machete don't like picking. I don't know. I might want that one. Machete don't 
It's in one of the movies. <laughs> no, it's in, in the second movie. Machete kills. Oh, okay. Machete doesn't text and then he doesn't tweet. So. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah. Get with the program. Yeah. Try, try. He's not put the time. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, I got... Uh, <laughs> David O. Yellow O. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I still <laughs> You know, I think you're right. I think it's David O. Yellow O. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jordan, your turn. All right. And I got... Ooh, Hugh Grant. That's mine. No. Well, oh. I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> um, so are you going to trade? Do you are you going trade? To... Um, I'm sorry, but yes. Okay, oh, so I'm going to use my trade. For... So for the listeners, Hugh Grant. this is your first time, so each of us is entitled to one trade, which means that we can take... Uh, preferred actor from one of our panelists, or we and we're all entitled to two vetoes. So if you don't want to use your trade, you their name goes back into the into the picking, and there's a chance that you might get it or somebody else might get it a second time. So Adriana has used her trade, yes. and she now has Hugh Grant. Yes, it was worth it. <laughs> also known as Hugh Grant. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 yes, <he is. laughs> Okay, Sam, I'm recovering. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Who do I get? Ooh, you shouldn't have used your trade, Adriana. No. <laughs> Michael Gray eyes. Oh, <laughs> damn it! I didn't. Even, I was here this time. Yeah. <laughs> and you still lose. <laughs> I never get my Canadian actor. No, you don't get your Indigenous. Okay, at least we'll be able to chat about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nicole. And then my turn. And I got Carrie Fisher. Ooh, Do I nice. want to trade or not? Yeah. I, I love Stephen Michael. <laughs> uh, by the way, you, should, you need to look up how they used her in Rise of Skywalker, because even though I wasn't a fan of that movie, um, how they use her is very interesting. Uh, well, we have to save this discussion exactly. for later. Exactly, that's what I said. That's what I said, just to Stay save Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so remember to please give us a like, give us a review on on any of your reviewing platforms. We have an Instagram or Hollywood underscore deep dive and our Facebook page, Hollywood Deep Dive. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.